0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Saints, prayer is a religious thing, and it's not just unique to Christians. Every religion has prayers, every religious person prays, and they all have their own distinct teachings about prayer to their own deity or deities. The only people who don't pray are atheists, those who don't believe, but all those who have some sort of God pray to that God. And at first glance, this seems like it's the one thing that brings the world together, the one thing that unites us. And this is when, uh, for example, there's any sort of tragedy or disaster. You see hashtags pop up everywhere saying uh, hashtag pray for, you know, fill in the blank. Or after something tragic, I remember here in Orlando uh, after the Pulse nightclub shootings, Uh, All over social media said, hashtag pray for Orlando, or after things that happen in Paris, pray for Paris or pray for Las Vegas, so on and so forth. So this appears to be the one thing that we all have in common, prayer. And so many think... Look, we all have our differences. We get it. We all have our divisions of doctrine and divisions of of various teachings. But let's put it all aside and unite in the one thing that we do best. Regardless of what you believe, let's all pray until something happens. We'll get together and pray to our gods. And there are two problems with this. Those who think this, either one believe that all religions are leading to the same God and that the more people who pray to him, the more he's going to listen. Or, on the other hand, too, uh, we might, uh, those who do this might not know who the true God is, uh, but they think, well, let's all pray to our respective gods because one of them has to be true, one of them has to be right, so we have a chance of somebody hearing our prayer. And so the first response that the, the more people who pray the better views prayer kind of as a vote. It views religion kind of as a democracy where we all have a vote to, uh, we all vote to God to do our way. And so you kind of hear this when uh, Christians say something similar in times of trouble. They'll say, pray for me. I need all the prayer I can get. Or they say, the more people who pray for me, the better. Uh, the second response is uncertain of the true God. And it takes a chance by getting everyone to pray. In the sense, prayer is about as good as a lottery ticket. So the view begins with uncertainty and attempts to gamble against the odds, hoping that somebody hears us. And you hear this when people say, look, I don't care who you are or what you believe, just pray for me. Or how about this one? Uh, Please send your thoughts and prayers. Prayers. They don't really specify who to send those thoughts and prayers to. Just the fact that you're praying and thinking is apparently enough. So the world thinks that even though we have profound doctrinal divisions, profound uh, divisions with other religions that are completely opposed to one another, that somehow in in the moment of tragedy and sorrow, we can all come together around prayer. They think, well, if prayer is our work and something we're supposed to do, then why don't we just do it together? Uh, Sadly, there have been many Lutheran pastors even who have fallen into this idea out, out of either malice or weakness. And they participate in prayer services or prayer vigils. Uh, and this is when after a tragedy, the state or local authorities will call a community service together with, uh, with whoever's around. And so they invite local clergy from around the area. They not only invite different Christian denominations like Baptists or Roman Catholics or Lutherans, Episcopalians, uh, so on and so forth, but they'll also invite different religions like Muslims or Mormons or Hindus and so on. And they invite them all together to read a short verse from their sacred text and to offer a prayer. So one will give an invocation, uh, the other will sing a song, the other gives a benediction, and that's, um, that's what makes the service. So you have this rainbow of religions standing together and praying. To the world, this is a beautiful sight. The news and the media love it. Uh, you'll find this all over the internet. They pretend that we're all united in prayer, and they're proud of it. But the truth is, You shouldn't be. When you see these things, you shouldn't be proud of that. This is called syncretism. And it happens when we bring other gods before the face of the one true God, when we do this without distinction. And you shouldn't be proud because this isn't evangelizing, as some might say, it's actually compromising. When Christian pastors who are supposed to preach that Jesus is the only way to the Father stand next to those who deny Christ and His work of salvation for the world, and when they offer their prayers with them, as if they are just as valid as any other prayer offered there, then what He's actually done is compromise the gospel. He hides the truth in a heap of falsehood. He gives the appearance of unity when, in fact, there is no unity. It's a false unity. So, by simply participating in an event like this, he plays into the idea that Christianity is just another expression or another religion among the others, just another thing that we can all get together around. Those who do this play into the idea that there's no certainty of who the true God is. Pastors may do this, of course, with the greatest and purest intention and motivation, but it doesn't take away the fact that this act doesn't convert anyone. All it does is it causes Christians to stumble as they see their God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, placed on equal footing with the idols and false gods of Islam or Judaism or Hinduism and the like. It causes the little ones of Christ to become scandalized as they see that their God is now unholy, as their God does not stand apart or that he is not different from every other God in this world. To join in a prayer service with those who deny God is to compromise that gospel. To pray with and alongside those who deny God's word is not using the name of God rightly. It's not keeping uh, that petition of the Lord's Prayer. It's not keeping his name holy. So I'm saying all of this today so that you know how the world views prayer. They think that no matter what our differences are, we can all agree upon and unite through prayer. But this is wrong. Because the reason we aren't united in prayer is because we aren't united in God, under the same God, the true God. Prayer isn't about the one who is speaking. It's about the one who is listening. Christian prayer is the only true prayer because the Christian God is the only true God. This is the major difference between when a Christian prays and when anyone else in the world prays. God actually hears us. God hears our prayers because he truly exists. And he hears us because we don't pray on account of our own merit or worthiness, but we're praying on account of, of, the, and on account of Christ and his merit and his worthiness. And this is why God hears our prayers, not because they're eloquent, not because we've practiced, not because they're uh, really nice or lengthy. He hears our prayers when we pray in faith, when we believe in his dear son who died for us, This opens the ears of God. Listen to how Psalm 135 puts it. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. But the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they don't speak. They have ears, but they don't hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. That's the psalm. And what it's saying is that these false gods of the world don't hear a thing. They don't hear any prayers because they don't exist. But Christian prayer is the only true prayer because the Christian God is the only true God who truly hears us. The world speaks to idols that never listen, but you, dear saints, pray to a God who hears your every word, who knows your every thought, who interprets your every groan, who knows your every tear. And the God who hears your every groan and knows your every tear is the God who groaned and wept in bitter tears for you. No other religion in the world even dares to say this of their God. No one would even attempt to say of uh, of their God. No other religion has even dreamt of a God who would suffer in the way that our God did suffer. They haven't even thought of a God who would redeem us for his sake with his blood, freely, by grace, through faith alone. God doesn't only know that we suffer or that we're sad. He, in fact, knows our suffering and our sadness. He experienced it. He acquainted himself with our tragedy and sorrow more than we ever have. He knows the pain of this life more than we do. He has suffered more than we have, more than we will, in a way that we have never suffered in this life. Because Christ was forsaken by his Father in heaven. The Father closed his ears to Christ, not listening to a word of his prayers and his pleas for mercy, so that the Father's ears would be open to you. That when you pray on account of Christ, God would hear everything you say. As God, the one true God, came to know our sorrow, he also left a footprint on this earth as he was born of a virgin. He didn't reveal himself in the wilderness to a man alone one day. He revealed himself to the face of the world. He revealed himself as he stood before the face of Pontius Pilate. He revealed himself as he stood there and he healed the lame the blind the deaf and he raised the dead he revealed what he came to do as he hungered and he thirsted and he thirsted on and bled on a cross He learned our sorrow in order to take it away This is the one true God the only God that exists and it's this God who hears your prayers just as certain as it is that he died for you, that is how certain the Father hears your every prayer through Christ. Just as certain as it is that Christ has holes in his wrists and holes in his side, that is how uh, and and how his body was opened for you, that is how certain the Father's ears are open to your prayers. So in times of tragedy, don't think that you have to unite with the world to get to God. Learn that he has united himself to you by taking on flesh and becoming your savior. As God talks to you in his word, you respond to him in prayer. When you pray to him, he actually hears you. And he hears your prayers even if you're praying alone. Even if you're the only one uttering those words to God in that moment. If you're the last person on earth saying the Lord's prayer, he will hear you. And it moves him. You don't need the thoughts or the prayers or the help of pagans. God is not more moved to act if we had a thousand people pray at once. Scripture says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God hears your prayer, whether it's a thousand people or just you. And his will be done. You don't need to compromise the gospel to cry out to God. You don't need to put on a false veneer of peace and unity. You do have peace and unity in the midst of tragedy with God through Christ. So when you pray, you should have no timidity or uncertainty. Prayer isn't a gamble or an off chance that God might hear you. Hebrews says, Let us then draw near to the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you pray, you're to pray with confidence and certainty that God hears every syllable you speak. God tells you how to pray to him. And it's not with maybes. You pray and you speak with certainty and conviction that God the Father hears you like a father hears his child. He commands you to ask him for what he has promised to give you. He moves as a father is moved when his child cries, when his infant is crying in the night. As the parent moves, as the father moves to help, so too your father moves. Your father in heaven who neither slumbers nor sleeps. So in him and through faith in him, you may enter God's presence with all boldness and confidence. Don't be discouraged because of what you suffer. Put your faith in Christ, knowing that he's your mediator between you and God. He hears you not because you're many, but because you are his children. He hears you because he loves you, because he made himself to have blood, only to spill it for you. He hears you because he has given you Christ. And when you put your faith in him, He hears every thought, word, and deed, and he will solve your every problem when he returns again at his second advent. He'll put an end to all of your misery, all of your anguish, once and for all, when he comes to get you. The Lord you pray to now, today, this night, is coming again soon to be the answer to your every prayer. Amen. Our Father, who from heaven above bids us all to live in love as members of one family and pray to you in unity. Teach us no thoughtless word to say, but from our inmost hearts to pray. Amen. That is so shall it be. Make strong our faith in you that we may doubt not, but with trust believe that what we ask we shall receive. Thus, in your name and at your word, we say Amen. O hear us, Lord. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds.